Welcome to this edition of Head to Head. I'm your host, Cam McKinney, and this is episode number 212 of the podcast. And on this episode of the podcast, I am talking about the 2022 NBA Finals. Let's get right into it. Let's start with the winning team, the Warriors. Steph Curry completely went off during the finals, hitting 31 free pointers, one shy of his own personal record in 2016, 32, which is the NBA record for most reason a final series. Curry hit five or more in five of the six games versus the Celtics against elite defenders in Marcus Smart, the defensive player of the year. And you wouldn't know that by watching this series. I mean, Steph Curry owned Marcus Smart, and he also dominated against Derek White, the Celtics' backup point guard, who I think is a very good defender. He's not elite, but he's a decent enough defender. And Curry made both of them look bad, averaging 31 points per game and doing it efficiently, shooting 48% from the field, including 43% from free, and Curry finally took home finals MVP. This is really the only thing that Curry detractors have been able to use against him, is the fact that Andre Iguodala and Kevin Durant won finals MVPs over him. He's now won two NBA MVPs, a finals MVP, a scoring title, and is a four-time NBA champion. At 34 years old, he's already a top 10 player in my estimation, and will only continue to grow his legacy. By the end, he could make the top five. And watching him in the NBA Finals just had me thinking, why wasn't this guy in contention of NBA MVP this past season? He is the most valuable player on the best team in basketball. The Warriors would be absolutely nothing right now without Steph Curry. But with Steph Curry, they are NBA champions. If Curry ends his career with two NBA MVPs, I will look at that and go, he probably should have ended his career with at least four. That's how great he's been throughout his career. The second best Golden State Warrior of this series was not Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, or even Jordan Poole. It was former number one overall draft pick Andrew Wiggins, who in game four against the Celtics had 17 points and 16 rebounds, and in game five had 26 points to go along with 13 rebounds. This is a man that Jimmy Butler once called out for having no energy, whose owner called him out after giving him a max contract. Wiggins was not very good at being the number one option on a team, but on a team that has great players on it, he can be a role player and he's been great. There have been other players like this in NBA history. Mark Aguirre with the Mavs was not a great number one option, but he went to the Detroit Pistons and went on to win two NBA titles as a role player. Andrew Wiggins is not going to be elite on a nightly basis, but he can show flashes of brilliance, and he's done so this season. I mean, the man started the NBA All-Star game, and now he's an NBA champion. This is a huge victory for Wiggins. I mean, so many people have proclaimed him as a bust, and now he's an NBA champion before Jimmy Butler. Nobody could have foreseen this for Andrew Wiggins. I loved every second of it. I love a redemption story, and Andrew Wiggins this NBA season has been the best redemption story story of all. Let's talk about the head coach of the Warriors because when Steve Kerr was first winning titles with the team, he wasn't getting a ton of credit because the team was loaded with stars. For this specific title, he deserves huge praise. This Warriors roster is talented, but they are not a so-called super team anymore. Steph Curry is the lone superstar, and Klay Thompson, who shot only 35% from free in this series, and Draymond Green, 
who averaged less than seven points per game in the finals are not the same players they used to be due to age and injuries. The Warriors are way closer to the 2014 Warriors than the ones that had Kevin Durant on it. I would argue this Warriors team is the worst talented-wise to win a championship, thus making this Kerr's best coaching job. That's four titles as a coach and five as a player. It's not just a coincidence. This guy is a winner. I love a head coach who has early success, then goes through some troubles, and then is able to bounce back. I've loved watching Eric Spolstra bounce back. Eric Spolstra was the head coach of the Miami Heat when they had LeBron, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh, and he won two early championships, but then he went through a bit of a down period, and now Spolstra has bounced back in a very big way. The same thing with Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr was coaching Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, and Kevin Durant in their prime and was able to win three titles. And then a lot of those players went through injuries and Kevin Durant left the organization and the Warriors went through a down period. But now they are back and Steve Kerr is still there and is still a big part of it. It's a lot easier to be a coach of a team that's got all of that talent in his winning championships and what? The Warriors won 67 games and won the NBA Finals and then they won 73 games in the regular season one year. It was easier for him to be the coach then than it was during this downtime where they were not a very good team. Now they are back on the mountaintop and I for one give him a lot of credit for staying with the organization. I think there are a lot of head coaches who would have looked at the Warriors and say I gotta get out of here and I got to go to a better spot than this. And it wasn't a full on rebuild but you never really knew if the Warriors were going to bounce back. Yes they still had Steph Curry they still had Clay and they still had Draymond, but Steve Kerr never could have foreseen a Jordan Poole emerging. He could have never seen Andrew Wiggins playing up to this level, so I give him a lot of credit for sticking it out, and now he's rewarded with a fourth NBA championship. Kerr's a no-doubt Hall of Fame NBA coach, and I do like him a lot. Like I think he's well-spoken. I loved Steve Kerr as a broadcaster for TNT Basketball. He was fantastic, and I think he is one of the biggest reasons the Warriors have been winning championships. I did not think Mark Jackson was that good of a coach. I thought Mark Jackson was the type of guy who could only bring your team to the second round of the playoffs. Steve Kerr has now won four titles with the Warriors. We need to stop giving Mark Jackson credit for the Warriors building up because guess what? Steve Kerr is the only man to win titles with this team. The Warriors now have won four of the last eight NBA finals and have played in six of the last ten and as a modern dynasty I would put them ahead of the 2000 Lakers the Tim Duncan Spurs and just behind the 90s Bulls and just like the 90s Bulls it looked like the Warriors dynasty was over the last two years the Warriors won 15 games in 2020 and last year won 39 to get back to the top is the most impressive thing about this dynasty. A lot of people thought that when Kevin Durant left this order organization that was it for the Warriors winning championships that you can't win a title with Steph Curry as your best player as he's aging well at 34 years old Steph Curry led the Warriors to the NBA finals while Kevin Durant with Kyrie Irving was swept in the first round I do want to say this a lot of people think Kevin Durant made the worst decision of his career when he joined the Golden State Warriors I disagreed with that at the time and I now think the worst decision of Kevin Durant 
Durant's career is leaving the Golden State Warriors. So what if you're a frontrunner? You were going to continue to win NBA Finals with Steph Curry as your partner. You're not going to get to there with Kyrie Irving playing 22 regular season games. And it's true, it's probably a lot better for Steph Curry's reputation that he now has won two NBA Finals without Kevin Durant. And Kevin Durant, how many rings has he won without Steph Curry? Oh yeah, that's zero. A lot has been made recently about the Warriors' extravagant spending and who they should keep and who they should let go. Moving forward, the core roster for the Warriors should consist of Steph Curry, Andrew Wiggins, and Jordan Poole. And they should look to move on from Draymond Green. I get it. He's the heart and soul of the team. He's won Defensive Player of the Year. But right now, he's massively overpaid. And if you lose Jordan Poole or Andrew Wiggins and keep Draymond Green, that's unforgivable. And as for Klay Thompson, I think he's going to bounce back, but I just don't know what the future for Thompson is going to look like. I think he can get back offensively to what he was, but I think what made Klay Thompson special was he was the Warriors' best perimeter defender, and I'm just not sure he's ever going to get back to that. Now let's talk about the team that lost the NBA Finals, the Boston Celtics. The shooting woes of Jason Tatum are a big reason the Celtics lost. He shot just 37% overall, and due to the fact he's an all-first NBA team player, he's getting the brunt of the blame for the Celtics losing, and a lot of it is fair. He turned the ball over a hundred times this postseason. That's the most ever. That needs to change, and he needs to get better at finishing layups, but one bad series does not take away all the good he's done. He's become a way better passer, and the guy is only 24 years old and in his first finals. When LeBron made his first finals appearance in 2007 versus the San Antonio Spurs, he was swept and shot only 35%. Tatum is not LeBron, but I think losing in this fashion will inspire him to become the great superstar we all think he is capable of being. I also think back in the day, we were more accepting when younger players would struggle in the championship rounds versus veterans. Like, this is what happens. Younger players go through growing pains before they become the winners. Michael Jordan was routinely losing to the Detroit Pistons before he finally won an NBA championship. Kawhi Leonard and the Spurs lost to LeBron the year before. They beat them in the NBA Finals. Like, why can't we accept that Tatum is probably going to learn some really valuable lessons from losing this NBA Finals? And he does deserve most of the blame. But let's not act like Jason Tatum is responsible for the Celtics turning the ball over. They are all responsible. Jalen Brown is not good at handling the ball. Marcus Smart is not very good at handling the ball. I thought the Celtics should have turned to Derek White more in the series than they did. The most underrated aspect of the Golden State Warriors dynasty is how many elite ball handlers they have. You not only have Steph Curry, you also have Draymond Green, you also have Klay Thompson, even at times Andre Iguodala, like they have so many elite ball handlers. The Celtics really had none in this NBA Finals matchup, and I think that was the huge difference. It sounds simple, just bring the ball up without turning it over, but the Celtics could never get there, and that's what the Warriors are great at doing. I remember in their early titles, they had Andrew Bogut, one of the best passing big men. Now, the 
the Celtics have Robert Williams. Maybe that should be the future, giving the ball to Robert Williams and having him pass it. The Celtics turned the ball over way too much. I think that was the big difference. They have zero elite ball handlers, while the Golden State Warriors have numerous options to give the ball to and not to have it turn over. Especially during crunch time, when the game is on the line, you always felt like the Warriors were never going to make the big mistake, while the Celtics were routinely making the big mistakes. Also, what the Celtics are in desperate need of is a consistent third scoring option. At times, it was Al Horford or Marcus Smart, but too frequently, those guys disappeared, and Grant Williams and Payne Pritchard were not good in the NBA Finals at all, so you got absolutely nothing off the bench. There is a ton of people clamoring for the Celtics to get a point guard, and I don't agree. Smart earned that job, and White, with a full season with the Celtics, I believe, will be the perfect backup. What we learned in this Finals is the Celtics bench is too young. I think Brad Stevens needs to go out and get veteran role players you can go to when things don't look good. There are some upcoming free agents they should go after, and they include Bobby Portis. If he opts out from his contract with the Milwaukee Bucks, I think he would be the perfect backup big for the Boston Celtics. He can shoot freeze, and he's tough. Another big man the Celtics should go after is Andre Drummond. Too much during this NBA postseason, the Celtics gave up offensive rebounds. Andre Drummond is basically a double-double off the bench. I think that's what the Celtics need. They need a guy to come in there, grab the rebounds when Robert Williams is not on the floor, and I think Andre Drummond would be the perfect fit. I have no idea what he's going to cost, but I think he makes sense for the Celtics. And as for a scorer they should go after, TJ Warren. I mean, this is a guy coming off of injury. I think this guy will not be very expensive. He could be a low-risk, high-reward type of acquisition. I mean, the Celtics desperately need a guy to get you 12 to 15 points a game off the bench consistently. They never had that all season long. And listen, if the Celtics do think they need a point guard, I think the one they should go after is Dallas Mavericks guard Jalen Brunson. I think he would be the perfect fit to join this Celtics team. He is good with the ball, he is consistent, and he doesn't turn the ball over. Also, if Bradley Beal does want to join the Boston Celtics, then Brad Stevens and the Celtics front office should make it happen. I know the Tatum and Beal relationship is well known. I hope it happens. I would love to see a big three of Tatum Brown and Beal. I think that big three would win an NBA championship. For the Celtics, two things about this team can be true at once. The Celtics did have a great season. Early on, they looked like a team going nowhere, and now it looks like Tatum and Brown are a formidable duo. The other truth, the end of their season was bad. The Warriors went on a 21-0 run in Game 6 of the NBA Finals on the Celtics' home court. You can't let that happen, but it also doesn't take away from the fact that the team took down three opponents they had previously lost to in the playoffs. 
KD, Kyrie, and the Nets, who they swept, Giannis and the Bucks, Jimmy Butler and the Heat, the Celtics beat both of them in seven games. As a Celtics fan, you should feel both bad about how the season ended. The team did not play very well in the NBA Finals. Way too many turnovers and way too many idiotic decision making. But you should also overall feel very good about how this season played out because it was way more exciting than anyone could have expected. Early on, it felt like this was a team that was going to have to break up Tatum and Brown, trade Marcus Smart, and start over from scratch. And I also do get the counterpoint, well, maybe this is the only opportunity this Celtics team is ever going to get at the NBA Finals because Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Russell Westbrook made the NBA Finals together and then never got back to the promised land. I understand that argument. I also want to believe in the team moving forward. Jason Tatum is 24 years old and Jalen Brown is 25 years old. I want to believe in that duo and I want to believe they can make it back to the NBA Finals. And I do believe that duo has a great chance of not only getting back to the NBA Finals, but winning it the next time they're there. Because I do believe these are two players who have continually learned from their mistakes. This is another thought I had. Listen, the Celtics did lose the NBA Finals in embarrassingly fashion, but they did so to the Golden State Warriors, the modern NBA dynasty. I would feel really bad about the team if this performance happened against the Phoenix Suns. No, this was Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors, a team who's beaten LeBron James three times in the NBA Finals. Like, these guys aren't scrubs. They have made great players look bad routinely in the postseason. This is a bad moment for Jason Tatum, but that's all it is. I think it is a moment. It doesn't say anything about his future or where he's going, and it also could be a moment where he grows from and develops his game. Jason Tatum looked really bad at the free throw line. Jason Tatum looked really bad going in for layups. Those are two things I think Jason Tatum is going to work heavily on this offseason, and hopefully he gets better and better. As a fan of the Celtics, I still believe Jason Tatum is a superstar. I think he's a future NBA MVP, and I think he is a future NBA champion. It will be a rough offseason for him because of how the season ended, but not because you're going to mock him on TV or radio, because of the actual sporting events. I think commentators give themselves way too much credit for making an athlete feel bad about how they played. Jason Tatum is not going to grow and develop because you criticized him on a podcast or a radio show. He's going to grow and develop because the Golden State Warriors just beat him in the NBA Finals. It's about the sport that he's playing, not the criticism of the player. Tatum doesn't need you or me to tell him he didn't play well in the NBA Finals. He knows that. That's what he's going to learn from. Not me saying he was bad in the NBA Finals, which is true. Overall, this was a Finals matchup years in the making. We all wanted to see the Warriors versus Celtics because we all thought that the Celtics matched up well against the Warriors because of their elite perimeter defenders like Marcus Smart. Well, that really didn't play into the NBA Finals at all because, again, Steph Curry was cooking and Marcus Smart couldn't stop him. As a Celtics fan, it was painful to see the 
the Golden State Warriors clinched the NBA Finals in Boston. That was really bad to watch. But still, I give a tip of the hat to the Warriors. They are one of the best teams ever assembled, and the fact they are still winning is astonishing. And there are some people who probably view this as the end of the Warriors dynasty. I don't think it is. I think they have an excellent chance of being repeat champions next season. Thanks for listening to this edition of Head to Head. I'm Cam McKinney, and there'll be a new episode of the podcast every Monday on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So please rate, review, and subscribe. <laughs>